The following is a presentation of the Boston Podcast Network. Podcasting is a great way for professionals to tell their story. Find out how you can get started at pod617.com. Hi, this is Harry Margolis with the Ask Harry Podcast. We're here to answer your estate planning questions and hear from experts in the field. In this episode of Ask Harry, Harry talks with holistic planner and host of the TV show Master Your Future, Rajiv Nagayaj, on the subject of problems with conventional estate planning. Rajiv, thank you very much for joining me today on AskHarry.info, the, uh, the Ask Harry podcast, and Rajiv Nagayaj. We've known each other for quite a while since we've been practicing in parallel universes, me on the East Coast and you on the West Coast. Indeed. And and now you have a, you, you've always uh, been a, a great, sure the right word is, but you've been getting your message out about holistic planning for a long time. And now you even have a PBS TV show, Master Your Future. That's right, Harry, yeah. So what's that all about? Well, you know, it's about aging in America. You've got a lot of different people trying to write on the topic of the third age or the third wave, if you will, of, of aging. And, and, and I keep coming back to the same issue that the way that we plan in America and the way we should plan are two totally different things. Sure. And, and my kick always has been that planning around either just legal issues or financial issues and calling it good retirement planning is the reason why we end up failing in retirement. So, so tell, tell me a little bit about what you mean by failing in retirement. Well, when, it, when, you, when you think about the whole issue, Harry, here's the reality. If you look at the rest of your life, right, not just the next three to five, you look at the rest of your life and you ask yourself a question, what is it that I really want to accomplish before I exit this world? Mm-hmm. Majority of us would end up saying, well, if you're going to play the role of genie, I'll give you my three wishes. And they're going to be, I don't want to ever end up in a nursing home against right. my wishes. I don't want to die broke, mm-hmm. and I don't want to end up becoming a burden on my loved ones. Now, mind you, this is not to say that you don't have other goals and plans. We have lots of other goals and plans, but in the end, if we can live our lives this way, that is a successful life. I think we can all agree. That's right. And sometimes and then, we may want to leave something for our loved ones as well. <laughs> well, that's again, not dying broke, right? Yeah, right, right. And so I worked hard all my life. I don't want everyone to snatch my money away. And I would like to leave a little bit something to my children if I could. So, and, well, people, people do financial planning to make sure they have enough money for retirement. Right. And uh, then they also do estate planning to make sure a few things, that, they, that if they become incapacitated, that somebody can manage their, their, their estate for them. And then when they pass away, that things are well managed and, and pass smoothly to their family. So what's exactly. wrong with that? Well, yeah, that's that's the right question we're asking. So what's wrong with that, right? Actually, when you think about retirement planning, people mistake retirement planning with financial planning. Mm-hmm. If you even go Google the word retirement planning, I bet you you'll get billions of hits around financial issues. Yeah, uh, You'll be mostly investing money, buying long-term care insurance policies and such. And people mistake that if I just have a lot of money, then I've got everything done. Right. You do look into legal planning, as you alluded to, you know, wills, trust, powers of attorney, all the legal documents that we need to have in place. We don't even think about it, but we also do a lot of health planning, enroll in mm-hmm. Medicare, buy supplement insurance, and then have access to care after we fall ill. Right. And then in between somewhere squeezed in all of that, we do some housing planning. 
we at least take a look at where are we living today and, and how right. would we like to live our lives. And many of us are going to continue to stay in our own home. That's what research shows us. Right. But several of us will move, downsize. A few of us will even move to retirement community. Yeah. Because in reality, the thing is this, from a consumer's perspective, retirement is something that we plan on for an entire lifetime. And in right. retirement, we want to travel, spend time with friends and family and do all sorts of fun stuff. But the reality is 70% chances are that we are going to fail in retirement by the definitions I gave you. Either so we fail, are going to get- fail, uh, What do you mean by fail? So fail- by the definition meaning either you're going to end up in some institutional care setting against your wishes yeah either you're going to fall ill and then you will start feeling that the very burden you were hoping never to become on your family members or you have become that very burden yeah or you will end up losing a chunk of your estate to uncover medical and or long-term care costs and some of us will get wiped out in the process Mm -hmm. and the reality is this happens despite the fact that we do planning right we buy health insurance, we deal with housing issues, we go to financial planners, accountants, and insurance agents, we go to lawyers. It's not that we don't do planning, we do a lot of planning. Despite having done all that planning, we end up dealing with bad scrapes. And is that because most of the planning does not deal with the with the possibility of incapacity? No, no, no. I mean, indeed, there's a lot of possibility, but, but, but it's the wrong way we approach the whole thing. In every aspect of it, think about how, what is incapacity planning? Is buying a long-term care insurance policy, isn't that what it is? Yeah. Right? The, the, the financial business, the financial world is saying, go buy a long-term care policy and you'll be set. And people yeah. walk Harry into your office and my office quite proud. Oh, we got a long-term care policy. It's all taken care of. And yeah. I say, okay, read that policy and show me that paragraph that says, now that you have a long-term care policy, you'll never end up in a nursing home. Mm-hmm. There is no paragraph. You know it. I know it. There is no paragraph. It's well, just the idea a way is, to, making, is, is to pay for the nursing home, right? When, it's just a way to, right. It's just a way to pay money. So from a financial perspective, the holy grail in planning is you just need to have a lot of money. If you have mm-hmm. a lot of money, somehow things will be okay. Right. And then you find out people like Glenn Campbell, who had $15 million, mm-hmm. ends up having dementia, ends up in a nursing home, dies in the nursing home. Mm-hmm. Oh, 15 million is not enough. And then you meet Tim Conway, $50 million, dementia nursing home dies there. Oh, 50 million is not enough. Then you meet Casey Kasem, $80 million, dementia gets dragged from California through Oregon to die in a hospital in, in, in the state of Washington. Mm-hmm. This crazy arrogance that we have, that if we just have money, that'll set things right. It's just that, it's crazy arrogance. The missing piece in financial planning, that is never asked. That is more important than how much money you have. Is what assurance do you have that when your children or when your agents pick up that power of attorney that Harry and Rajiv created for you? Right. They will know how to use the money to give you a life which is in keeping with your expectations. Mm-hmm. But there's no ad. There's no real discussion around that issue. Right. It doesn't take millions of dollars. It's how we plan the issues. Same, same way, Harry, you should be saying, okay, well, what's wrong with our planning system? So let me say this. There's something wrong with each one of these areas. Look, life is multidisciplinary. As consumers, we know it. That's why we have doctors, and that's why we look at housing. That's why we look at financial. That's why we look at legal. But at the planning stages, none of the professionals are talking to each other, are they? 
Usually not. No, right. maybe maybe they are in terms of doing beneficiary designations, things like exactly. that. Exactly. That's that's about it. And that too, only the doctor is not going to be sitting with a lawyer, sitting with a financial planner, sitting with a mortgage broker and saying, the same client that we are helping, that you're helping, I'm also helping. Is there anything I could do differently that could help you or that could at least avert a catastrophe later on? For example, you know it and I know it, the big part of our practice is helping people after some family member has Alzheimer's, they end up in a nursing home. We are paying $15,000, a month. Now they go to an elder law attorney and say, hey, I want, I want your help. And we say, not a problem. If you're married, move the money from the husband who has Alzheimer's, his name, put it in the wife's name. Yeah. I can move the house out from the husband to the wife, no problem. The car, no problem. Savings account, no problem. If I have $400,000 stuck in an IRA, oops, I move that. And that's going to be $400,000 of income, which mm-hmm. will create about $160,000 tax return. Why are the fam- uh, why are the elder law attorneys and financial planners not talking earlier? Because the financial planner said, hey, is there something you want me to do differently? You and I would have said to this financial planner, start moving money into a Roth IRA, but do, do it over eight or 10 years or 15 years. So mm-hmm. if I had to move money from a Roth IRA, it is totally tax-free. But that never happens. No. So what's wrong with our system is this. Professionals do exactly what we are trained and educated to do. Doctors help people patch up after we get into trouble. Housing people make money by moving you and I is transactional, right? When you sell a house, I make money as a realtor. Right. When you refinance a house, I make money as a mortgage broker. Mm -hmm. Financial planners make money by investing your money. Lawyers make money by creating documents. Without conversation between these four or five different professionals, we end up creating a plan which is okay in that one area, but is riddled with gaps and holes because it's never coordinated. So everybody's in their own silo. Everyone's siloed out. Yeah. And let me explain to you so how that works. If you look at the anatomy about how a retirement dream turns into a nightmare for the average person, here's how it goes. As long as we are healthy in life, everything is okay. Yeah. The moment we lose health, that's when the dreams start turning into nightmares. Why? Because in the richest country in the entire world, we figured out old people, disabled people, not safe at home, should surely belong in some institutional care setting or a care facility, exactly where we are hoping never to end up. I mean, that's changed a bit. I mean, in our, in our careers, there there are fewer people going to, to nursing homes. Yeah, but, but okay, so let's define nursing home here. Okay. I mean, to the average person, nursing home is a technical term, right? It's a place of care one step below the hospital. Yeah, basically. To me, in the real world, in the consumer's mind, a place that is not home is a nursing home. So, I mean, so so when I started in this business, the number of years ago, I don't want to say, there was basically people, if they became ill, they went to nursing homes. And since then, industry has, in effect, responded to some extent because we we now have assisted living facilities and we now have a lot of home care agencies as well. Right. Home care agencies would be different, but when we talk about the industry has responded and come up with new answers, here's what the industry for the most part has responded with. They've given a different flavor to the same problem. Mm-hmm. That's all they've done. Harry, think about it. What does the day look like in the in the lives of our uh, of our clients? The day that they fall down and break their head, the day they have uh, a stroke and they're now paralyzed, or at least 
functionally com compromised or the fog of memory losses so thick that living at home is not easy. What does that look like? That looks like the worst day our client is going to be facing on that particular day, the worst day in their entire life. Mm -hmm. And on that day, by saying that, oh, buy into what the industry is giving us, here's what we are saying. On your worst day, be ready to uproot yourself and move to a place where you don't know anyone. Everyone's going to be telling you what to do and you have zero control over your life. Yeah, these are, they, they, I mean, going back to my sociology class with Irving Goffman describing what institutions are. These are, right. these are institutions where they run everything. Right, right, absolutely. And so what we want from a housing perspective is to recreate a plan so that the day I fall ill, the care comes to me. From mm -hmm. a healthcare perspective, our healthcare system basically gives us access to care after we fall ill. That's what Medicare supplement are. Have a heart attack, we'll take care of you. How about if I can use the same healthcare system not to fall ill to begin with? And there's lots you can do. That's the surprising part. But which doctor, which hospital, which pharmaceutical company will make money when you're healthy? Mm -hmm. So don't you dare look for industry answers on how to stay healthier longer, even though from a consumer's perspective, that's the holy grail. From a housing perspective, the holy grail is, how do I approach my life so the day I fall ill, the care comes to me? Don't look to that. Don't look for those answers from a real estate agent or mortgage broker because they don't make money if you don't move. Well, they might. They may make money if, if they're helping you move to a uh, a new home, a new home that's uh, more more appropriate for growing old in than than the house that you raise your kids in, for instance. Exactly, but but I I, I dare say, Harry, you know, this is looking at it culturally coming from India. I say we, we don't do a good enough job to look at the rest of our lives. No, Even at that, when we move to a small house, it usually is a three-story home with a 180-degree view of the, of the water. Uh -huh. Great exercise as long as I'm healthy. The day, the day I fall ill, the mm -hmm. day I break my, my hip is the reason why I can't come back to this house. So you mentioned India. How is it different in India? I think that's a... It's very different. In, in, in India, you don't build nursing homes, so you never ask the question, what will happen to me when I grow old? Uh -huh. right? You spend a lifetime looking at that stuff ahead as a family. And you know, when, 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 for example, my parents, we know that when they fall ill, they were going to be living with my brother, the oldest son. Mm -hmm. Now that we know, we, we hear about this. So here's what we don't know about that system. The oldest son will inherit the family home. Nobody else in the family is going to get any part of the home. Uh -huh. And ask me, what is the biggest asset that my parents will have? In their state. I'm sure but, it's at home, just like right? most, just so, most Americans. But you think about this a lifetime before. And if my brother didn't want to do it, then mm -hmm. either my sister will step in or I will step in. Or whoever steps in, takes care of mom and dad, ends up with the home. And that becomes the payment mm -hmm. for making sure that these people don't have to worry about leaving the house. Interesting. So the point that I make is this. I, I think the way that we let, look... Let me ask you another... I'm interrupting you, Rajiv. Yeah, yeah. Let me ask you another question. My guess is that hiring help to take care of your parents is much less expensive in India as well. It is much less expensive, but there is no social system like we have here in America either. Mm -hmm. so it's all private pay. Either, either you have the money and the means to do it or you don't. Uh -huh. In America, it is expensive if you had to pay private pay, but that's why people need to go see Harry Margolis in Boston. Why? Because if you do planning with Harry, Harry will say, yeah, it's expensive, but you know, Maybe some of those costs I can get covered 
through the VA system, through the Medicaid mm -hmm. system. Maybe there'll be some coverage under the Medicare system that can help bring the cost, out-of-pocket costs down for you. The cost mm -hmm. is huge, but yeah. it's manageable when you don't know how to manage it. Mm -hmm. So how do you get, so um, assuming, I, I agree with you, practically everybody is gonna prefer to have care at home, right? not be moved at that moment when they, they start to need care. And it's, and when people do move, they often move to a place that's going to be good for them for the next maybe 10, 15 years while they're still healthy and not so good after that if they become unhealthy. But, but you don't know when that's going to happen when you're right. in care. So how do, you, how do you get people to, to do this kind of planning and talk to, and, and these different professionals to talk to each other? Harry, the foundation that you built around that question is the wrong, wrong foundation. Okay. So you started off seeing by... People want to, of course, everyone wants to go and have access care in their own home, if they can possibly do that. And that, I think, is a cultural context. That's how we approach the issue, and therefore we fail. Hmm. The question should not be, do I want to be able to have access care coming to my home? The question should be rephrased to go ahead and say, the day that I fall ill, what do I need to do so that I don't have to move from this place again? All of a sudden, what that will do is to shift the definition of the word home. Because when you're thinking about the word home, you're thinking about the house you're living in today. Mm -hmm. The home, that home, if it's three stories, if it is, you're living in the East Coast and your child is living in the Midwest or the, or the, the South, the Southern States of the United States, far away from you, that home is not going to serve your, your needs. Right. You need to have an age-friendly home. You need to identify where the money will come from to access the care at the home. And more, but most importantly, what you will need to do, you will need to identify the, the informal social network that will be there to make sure that when money is used to hire people coming to the home, these people actually show up and don't take advantage of you and don't leave you neglected. Right. If you don't have all these three things taken care of, mm -hmm. you don't, you're not living in, in, the, in the right home, if you will. Mm -hmm. So the first thing that I get my clients to do is to buy into the idea that do I want to live in my own environment or would I much rather go to a retirement community? Mm -hmm. Those are your only two choices that you have. And yeah. you got to do that 10 years before you fall ill. Why 10 years? Because it takes, when you look at the research around the whole issue, it takes about 10 years for somebody to build muscle memory. The light goes out mm -hmm. in the house, you can feel your way to the bathroom. That's when you're living in a home. Uh huh. Wow. Right? So when do my 10 years, when do I still have 10 years? I, right. I don't know. I mean, your guess <laughs> so is that was my next mind. question. So arbitrarily, I take, take the age of 75. Okay. That by 75, most of us should be living in the last house that we're going to live in, having made sure the house is age-friendly, having identified the money, where the money will come from when the time comes, and making sure that I'm living between one to five mile radius of whosoever name I'm going to put on my healthcare power of attorney to be the agent to respond to my illnesses. Right? And when you look at that stuff, then the second variation comes in. Well, what's wrong with me living with one of the children? Mm -hmm. Not under the same roof, mind you but maybe on the same property. Mm -hmm. There's so many different options we can do. But right. the foundational question is, have you answered the question, where do you want to be when you fall ill, the care will come to that place? If you go to a retirement community, a lot less burden to your kids, but you're spending their inheritance. Right. You live in your own home, you give your children inheritance, but you're much more reliant on them. Mm -hmm. Right? There's no utopia. Either way, you take a look at the kids are involved. Right. When is the last time that your client sat with the children and said, we are making these monumental changes that are going to impact you one way or the other? 
What's your input? Not too often. Aging is a family affair. Mm-hmm. You got to pull it all together. So that's a great message. So I think you've done a great job setting up the, the the problem and beginning the sort of the introduction to the solution, which we we can explore at much more length in our next podcast. Absolutely, love to go ahead and do that. Yeah, the the problem is there. The good news is there is a solution to the problem. It doesn't seem like there's a solution. I mean, most people are resigned to the fact if I have Alzheimer's, I'll have to deal with it. And what can I do about the whole thing? There's a lot you can do. You can't stop Alzheimer's, but how you deal with Alzheimer's, you can you can organize that. So yeah, look forward to the next podcast so we can talk about solutions. So in the meantime, how can listeners reach you, find you? Well, the easiest way, Harry, is they can go to a website called agingoptions.com. That's agingoptions.com. And there's a plethora of information up there on this one topic. And and in your Boston area, I think one, one of your local PBS stations has picked it up and the show Master Your Future is playing there. And you can watch it uh, on PBS, support your local PBS station. That's how they know that this programming is worthwhile. But go to agingoptions.com and you can get a lot of information. Good. Thank you very much, Rajiv. Thank you, Harry. Thanks for the opportunity to be with you. Thank you for listening to the Ask Harry podcast. If you liked what you heard, please share it with your friends and colleagues. If you have questions about estate planning, you can find answers at askharry.info. And if you don't find your answer there, you can post a question and I will respond to it. You can also subscribe and listen to future episodes on iTunes. 